Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A dancer vanishes from Lenox Square and is never seen again. Now, 35 years later, Rhonda Smith's family is hoping a fresh plea will help shed some new light on this cold case. At six feet tall, the 21-year-old was known for her smile and by her nickname, Legs. Where is Rhonda Smith? Joining me, her parents, Jack and Eileen, along with cousin Nancy, who have never given up. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Rhonda Smith, absolutely gorgeous. Ready for an exciting and happy future in love set to be married, when suddenly everything goes sideways. Rhonda disappears. Joining me right now, Jack Smith, Eileen Cornell, and Nancy Cunningham from Rhonda's family. Also with me, Winston Skinner, the news editor at the Noonan Times Herald, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, and Stephen Lampley, detective at stephenlampley.com. I want to go first to Eileen Cornell, this is Rhonda's mom. Tell me about the moment you realized that Rhonda is gone. Oh, my. Um, I think probably the next day I realized Rhonda had not run away. That was for sure. You know, it was a cold night. You know, when we were looking for her when Tom had called and we were started looking for her and then they found the truck. But I think even the next day, my thoughts unfortunately, was that something bad had happened to Rhonda. And we just needed to try to find out where. Of course, at that time, we had still a lot of hope that, you know, she was someplace. To Jack Smith, Rhonda's dad, Jack, do you recall the moment that you realized that it hit you? Rhonda's gone. Yes. Um, it, of course, it was devastating uh, news. But I, I um, it just left a big hole in our lives. And, you know, I... Um, I'm I'm sitting here looking at a picture now of my beautiful daughter, and it's just you know I, I, all I can do is think of uh, you know how how much we love her and just what happened to her. Uh, we were living in Tennessee at the time and got the call, and of course drove down immediately, and uh, you know we're involved in the searches and looking for her, and, and I just. Uh, we were just looking for answers. To Nancy Cunningham, a relative of Rhonda Smith, you have devoted so much of your life. 
gathering information about Rhonda's disappearance. How did it all start? Uh, Nancy, I married into the Cunningham family. And um, when my husband told me about his cousin that was missing, I was just devastated. Although I never knew her personally, I couldn't understand how, how somebody could just just disappear off the face of the earth. You know, it just doesn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. And to hear Jack and Eileen talk about it, uh, their voice cracks, and to see them cry and upset, it just pulled at my heartstrings. And I just felt like there was an answer somewhere, and if God would give me the strength, I would get out there and knock on every door I could until we could get an answer. You know, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl, this case starts in a place where so many cases go. And again, Cheryl, you know I've been working so hard, well over a year now on a book, Don't Be a Victim, Fighting Back Against America's Crime Waves. And a whole chapter, and a very intense chapter as well, is devoted to shopping malls, uh, strip malls, and, and how so many people go missing under those circumstances. Let's start at the beginning, Cheryl. What do we know happened the day Rhonda Smith, just 21 years old, just seemingly vanishes off the face of the earth? Well, Nancy, she apparently leaves her home around 6.30 in the morning to go shopping at Lenox. You're right, Cheryl. Rhonda leaves home at about 6.30 a.m. Now, possibly she stopped at a workout club in Noonan. Noonan is a bedroom, a sleeper community outside the city of Atlanta, I would say maybe an hour away. It's rural. It's beautiful. It has a, a, a very quaint, lovely, and vibrant downtown area. And a lot of people live in Noonan and then commute back and forth to Atlanta for their work. We have reason to believe she stopped at a Noonan workout club, a fitness center, heading into Atlanta. It was in February, February 27. It was cold. It had snowed. And she was wearing a light tan, like a caramel-colored rabbit coat. We know she had on a silver blouse, earrings, and a gold necklace. We know she had that on. Now, Cheryl McCollum, you rattled off that she went shopping, we think, at Lenox Mall. Why do so many things go wrong at Lenox Mall? Why, why is that? Do you remember, Cheryl? Do you remember the case of the woman who goes missing at Lenox and she's never been found? Was Little her last name? Mary Shotwell Little, yes, 1965. And then across the street from Lenox, you have the Hilton Garden Inn stabbing just before a wedding. Remember, never been solved. So what do we know about Lenox? For people tuning in right now, what is Lenox Mall, Cheryl McCollum? Lenox is a posh, upscale mall in Atlanta. It's got, you know, at the time it had Davison's, which subsequently became Macy's later. It had Rich's Department Store. It had about 198 different stores on four levels. It's just the major mall for the city of Atlanta. Well, wait a minute, Cheryl. This is not my stomping grounds, okay? Because you can find me at Target and Walmart and the grocery store and the Dollar Tree, okay? Until I get my children through grad school, I'm not putting a toe in Lenox because, I mean, when you said posh, that's a great word for it. It has been and continues to be one of the most elite, um, fancy, exclusive Mm -hmm. malls in the entire state. 
of Georgia, that and Phipps, which is right across the street. So tell me about the parking lots there, Cheryl, because it's my understanding. Is this right, Winston Skinner? Uh, Winston Skinner, joining me, news editor at the Noonan Times Herald. Her vehicle was found in the parking lot, Winston? That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's, it, I, I haven't been there, but from what I remember from reporting, it was found um, in, in the parking deck near Davison's. That, that's my recollection. Which is now a Macy's. What do you know, Cheryl? Is Winston Skinner correct on that? He is correct, and I'll tell you a little known fact about me, Nancy. In, when I was a freshman in college, I was a store detective at Rich's, so I know Lennox very, very well. Uh, hello, so I, knew that. I knew that. I knew that, Miss Hot Pants. You, just because I happen general. to know you had that out. Didn't you have an outfit you had to wear? No, I wore plain clothes. So oh, didn't well, then you just taught me something new. So you are undercover. At Rich's department. Okay. Now, what did you so learn? The parking lot is massive. So a lot of times, like you've got, at that time in 1984, there was a Davison's and a Rich's. So what would happen a lot of times is people would come in and go to Rich's. They would leave through Davison's and couldn't find their car. So a lot of times we would take people around so they could locate their vehicle because they would lose it because the parking lot is huge. And in 1984 is when MARTA came in. So there was a lot of construction. Well, hold on, hold on, MARTA. Metro Atlanta Rapid Transit. Okay, right. now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Was MARTA in existence at the time Rhonda went missing? Not until December, but the construction was going on. Okay, so hold on, wait, 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 wait. Cheryl, okay, I'm taking notes. Just wait a minute, because my mind is going berserk on what you're telling me. Okay, so what you're saying is very significant, Cheryl. Number one, MARTA... Rapid Transit, which now has a huge Linux stop, was not working yet. That's important because we don't have people not from the neighborhood flying through. On the other hand, it's a shopping mecca. You actually have people coming and parking in their cars from the entire southeastern uh, area, the region. People would drive up from Florida to go shopping at Linux and still do. So while they can't get away rapidly on a MARTA train or bus, it's hard to to filter who she's coming in contact. It's not like she's taking it from her home and the only people there are the fiancé, the pizza boy, the milk delivery, blah, blah, the mailman. She is in a milieu of thousands of people that we can't connect to her. That's a problem. So MARTA's not working yet, but construction and that's what i always say about the um jennifer kessie case her condo she's gone missing near orlando never been seen again there were a lot of construction undocumented working there and i think that's the connection so you're telling me cheryl marta's under construction it's literally at the edge of the parking lot cheryl it could be anybody absolutely and they have people coming and going electricians plumbers painters people putting down tile. There were literally thousands of people constructing that station for Mars. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. 
cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. With me, Jack Smith, Eileen Cornell, Nancy Cunningham, Winston Skinner, Stephen Lampley, and Cheryl McComb are trying to put the pieces back together in the disappearance of a gorgeous girl, 21-year-old Rhonda Smith. And when I look at her picture, her eyes are just like looking right at me, like, help me, help me. So about her movements, Winston Skinner joining me, news editor at the Noonan Times Herald. What do we know about her movements that morning? Okay, what from my story, that we, which I wrote in 1984, exactly what we've heard before. She left their, uh, the home she shared with Tom Shoemaker on Spring Drive at 6.30. And uh, from what we could tell, stayed in Newman until around noon. And it's supposed to have gone to the Nautilus Fitness Center before she left to go to Atlanta. Now, can I ask you a question? Sure. How do we know? I mean, and I know nothing about the fiancé. I wouldn't know him if he bit me on the neck right now. But... Right. How do I know she really ever even left that day? How do I know he didn't just drive her car and go, oh, she went shopping, she's gone? How do I know that? How no. do I know he she was ever at the workout club? Right. I, that, that's interesting. I don't know. I do not know the answer to that. The, what, what my story says that Mr. Shoemaker's sister says that Rhonda went to the Nautilus Club. The Nautilus was a popular fitness club. We didn't have a lot of those things here at that time. So that's that's logical that she would have been a member there. But you're, you're right. We, we don't. I mean, we don't have any there's, – there's no there's no visual. I've never had anybody tell me, oh, yeah, I know she was there. I saw her. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. Nancy Cunningham, what do you know? How can we place her at Nautilus? Honestly, I don't know anything. But something that strikes me as being odd is why would she be dressed in street clothes to go to the workout center? Well, I know that she had on the coat and I know she had earrings and a necklace. But I don't know if the coat was over a workout outfit or if she brought clothes with her. But you're absolutely right. Cheryl, help me out. Can you help me place her at Nautilus? I cannot, Nancy. And 
And I have also heard that she was wearing dress clothes. And I will tell you, in 1984, people did not wear workout clothes to Lenox Mall. They dressed up still. Well, well, what did you just say about dressing up to go to a mall? What? Well, you know, now, it's not unusual if people leave tennis and go shopping or, you know, have, you know, sweatpants on and a shirt. But in 1984, people still dressed up to go to Lenox. I mean, they've got valet parking. It was a place to be seen. You didn't go there sweaty after working out. I can promise you. Oh, dear. I'm in trouble. Okay, so we don't have any visual placing her at Nautilus, but I've got reason to believe Stephen Lampley, detective, stephenlampley.com, that at the time, I believe cops verified that she had gone to Nautilus first. She gets up at 6.30 in the morning, all right? The mall doesn't open until 10. She's an hour away from the mall. That's two and a half hours. I think she worked out early in the morning, took a shower, and put on dress clothes to go to the mall. Stephen Lampley, verifying her at Nautilus workout it would be an easy thing for a cop to do. Explain. Well, it should be Nancy. And again, I wasn't there, but it should have been. There should have been more at that time of the morning. There should have been more than enough people that would uh, be able to verify. I don't know if they had access, uh, card entry. I don't, I don't know at that time. They probably did not. But that should be an easy, an easy verification process on that. Well, let me tell you about my old workout club. And as a matter of fact, I actually had an almost a fist fight with two guys at the workout club because every Sunday night I would watch Murder, She Wrote with Jessica Fletcher, Angela Lansbury, and they actually tried to watch a sporting event while I was on the treadmill. So I remember distinctly, <laughs> yeah, I know, you signed in, Stephen. It was old school. You signed your name and showed your ID to get into the workout club. That's how that worked, all right? So I've got a very strong feeling, Cheryl McComb, that cops did verify she worked out that morning in Noonan at Nautilus. I would think that would be an easy, easy thing to determine. No doubt about it. So what do we know about her movements from there, Winston Skinner, with the Noonan Times-Herald joining us? I would say we don't really know because the next the next sighting, if you want to call it that, is is that there are reports that, that a person who worked at Wicks and Sticks at Lennox said, oh, yes, I saw her. She was very upbeat. I was having a bad day. She made me feel good. Um, but, but my understanding is from everything that I've been able to see that that's it. There's nobody else who who verifies that they saw her. And and I think many of uh, – I've talked to Jack and Eileen. I, I think many people have some question about whether that person's recollection was correct. Did he see Rhonda or did he see someone who looked like Rhonda? You know, uh, I, I don't, I don't know, and it, and then really, then, then nothing. Now, obviously, her vehicle is there, so somehow her vehicle got there, and I think the question is, did, did she actually go to Lennox? Okay, hold on, hold on to Jack Smith, Dad, Eileen Cornell, Mom, Nancy Cunningham, cousin, Jack Smith. What do you know? Can you help me out on this? This is very, very critical. Did anybody spot her at the mall? Did anybody spot her at the Nautilus Workout Club? No, no. Uh, as far as as far as this fellow at the Wicks and Sticks is, uh, says he saw her, I just I don't I just don't believe that. I just think it was a story that I, part of an alibi. You don't think she ever went to Lennox? Why would and why would she park the truck as far away from the entrance as she did? Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jack Smith. I did not know that she was parked far away from the entrance at that time of the morning. You're exactly correct. I would park as close to the door as I could. Why would she do that? Uh, uh-uh. uh. 
And Cheryl McCollum, that, that's a very significant fact. Very often you hear when people dump cars or uh, other nefarious crimes, cars are parked in a big parking lot where they may get lost in the sauce, like at a mall, at an airport, and then they're not found for days and days and days. Explain why this is so significant, what Jack Smith just told us. Well, it's so significant for two reasons, Nancy. One, she's already worked out. There wouldn't be another soul there. She could get prime parking right by the door. And the second thing is, and this is significant to me, it ain't her car. It's a truck that she borrowed. So it's not like a brand new car she wanted to park far away so nobody would ding the door. This was just a work truck that a dude let her borrow because her car was in the shop. Her car in the shop. She was borrowing this truck. Jack Smith, Rhonda's dad, has just really opened my eyes on something. He says that all along he has felt she did not go shopping at Lenox. Do you have any idea? Stephen Lampley, explain how the wrong location and the wrong start of a timeline can destroy an investigation. Well, Nancy, if, if everything doesn't fit together, I mean, uh, if you have an incident and, it, and it's skewed, you know, obviously your, your timeline is just thrown out. Now, this gentleman who says he saw her, you know, did he, did they do a lineup? Did, did they do a photo lineup and did he pick her out? I don't know. But whenever you have something on, on a timeline that doesn't fit, it, it throws your theory right out the window. Okay. At that, at that point, what did you learn, Eileen Cornell, when that truck was found at Lenox? Who called and told you? Uh, Rhonda's boyfriend, Tom Shoemaker, called and said that the truck had been found by the security guard at Lenox Square. And they had called the police, and I left immediately to come up. spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A dancer vanishes from Lenox Square and is never seen again. Now, 35 years later, Rhonda Smith's family is hoping a fresh plea will help shed some new light on this cold case. At six feet tall, the 21-year-old was known for her smile and by her nickname, Legs. Her fiancé says they plan to get married and start a, a dog grooming business, a breeding business as well. Where is Rhonda Smith? Joining me, Jack Smith, Eileen Cornell, and Nancy Cunningham from Rhonda's family. Also with me, Winston Skinner, the news editor at the Noonan Times-Herald, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, and Stephen Lampley, detective at stephenlampley.com. To Nancy Cunningham, where do you stand on Jack Smith's feeling his daughter was never at Lenox Mall? I agree completely. Um, something that we've missed, if we can back up just a little bit, Nancy, she had been supposedly so sick over the weekend that she couldn't speak to her mother on the telephone. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. That's major. That's major. It is major. Eileen yes. Cornell, I knew she had been ill the previous weekend and wasn't going to go to work one day, but I didn't know she couldn't speak to you on the phone. I've never been so sick I couldn't talk to my mom on the phone. So who told you she couldn't talk on the phone? Uh, her boyfriend, Tom, said that she was laying down back in the back, that she was still sick from having too many drinks on Friday night. And uh, so I went ahead and talked to him. And I was inviting them over for the next weekend, you know, to come over and eat with us. And he just said that he'd have her on the call later. And I said, okay, you know. So when he called, you know, the next night I was real surprised it was him and not Rhonda. Because Rhonda called, Rhonda called us a lot. <laughs> How often did you talk to her? Oh, from her phone bill, even we went back and looked, I think. Um, no, I mean, normally, did you talk to her every day? No, probably once a week at least, though. So he tells you she doesn't feel well and she is lying down. Did she call you back that weekend? It was Sunday that I called to talk with Rhonda, and she was still sick from that. And then it was Monday evening that he called me that Rhonda had, had not come home. So it was actually Sunday night that she was still sick. What night did he first tell you that she was ill? That was Sunday night. Okay. Jack Smith, what do you recall? Well, the, 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 her mother just knows all about that. There's just things that I, uh, I think can tell you about a shower curtain that she uh, made for Rhonda. I know nothing about the shower curtain. Tell me about it, Eileen. Oh, I had just made her a shower curtain for her for her bathroom, and she was um, redoing. I think they were taking wallpaper down in the bathroom, and the shower curtain was down, 
and at the time that we finally came, the police and I and his parents, I think, were there to the house and went through some of Rhonda's stuff, business cards and things like that that had been left probably when she was working at the club. And um, he, we were sitting on the edge of the bed and looking into the bathroom, actually talking, and he said that they had taken a bath together. I think Sunday morning or that morning. I don't remember exactly which one. And in my notes, I said that was the first time I wondered if the police could have been right about Tom because um, there was no shower curtain then. Why would you take a shower with no curtain when there was another bathroom just across the hall with a shower curtain? But I did not say anything to him about that, though. So let me understand... Nancy Cunningham, have police been going on the theory all this time that she disappeared from Lennox? Yes, and we have done everything we can to uh, get Coweta County involved. Coweta County says it's not their case. They won't do anything. And and we all feel like Rhonda disappeared from Coweta County, not, you know, the truck was put at Lennox Square just as a diversion. We all believe that. To Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, okay, I accept it. This is a huge blow to finding out what happened to Rhonda Smith. But what can we do now? Well, I think it goes, I've got a few questions first. Here's the first question I need to know the answer to, to her mom. Did the boyfriend ever in their entire relationship ever one time call you when she came home or what wasn't home on time? No. That's what I thought. So for him to call her mom at 7 o'clock at night, honey, that ain't even late yet. I mean, the mall's not even closed. And, I mean, Walt's been home late before, but the last person I'm going to call is his mama if I'm worried about him. So for him to go to zero to her mama, He's building to me a potential, you know, alibi to say, oh, I was worried. I think something was wrong, you know, quickly. In other words, he's alerting people, but he's not alerting the right people. He didn't call the police. He didn't go out looking for her. He didn't drive to Lennox. He didn't drive up 85 seeing if she was wrecked. He called her mama. So to me, that's a flag, Nancy. And I mean, I don't know what Stephen's theory would be, but right there I would stop until I got that answer for me. And then I would want to know from Sunday, when is the last somebody saw her? Was it Saturday? When did they get that truck? Did he use the truck to dispose of her? Did he use the truck to move her? Who saw her drive that truck? I'm also curious if they had ever had discord in their relationship. Well, that's the next thing on my list, Nancy, because that's my next question. I've literally wrote down. You know, we do that all the time, Cheryl. You and I write down the next question. The other one just says it's so, so funny. What do we know, Eileen Cornell, about her relationship with the fiancé? Well, I know one time, I mean, Rhonda could get really, she had a little temper, and she could get, you know, really upset about things. And one night late, she called me. They were having a dispute about something. And um, so I asked Tom, I said, Tom, do I really, do I need to come down there? you know, and get it wrong because it was probably about 1230 or so. And he said, no, she'll be fine. We'll talk in the morning. And the next day when I talked to Rhonda, she said that Tom told her that she should not be calling me every time they have a little spat, that that was not right, that he didn't call his parents every time they had a little fight. And, you know, I understood that. And um, 
that was all of the fight. You know, she never said another word about it. Okay, okay. now wait a minute. So the boyfriend tells her, don't call your parents every time we have an argument? Yes. Uh-uh. I don't like that at all. What were you saying, Jack Smith? Uh, I was going to ask Eileen, didn't Rhonda call and uh, say that she, that Tom had uh, lied about what he did for a living or something like that? Is that something that I, or did I? No, it's, no, actually that was not that long, I don't think. I'd have to look at the notes that she had just said one afternoon that she was questioned that he had lied about the business. And the way she found out was through his sister. And I just let her talk, and she was, that was all her comment was, was that, you know, she was a little upset that he had lied about the business. And after we looked into the businesses a little bit, Tom did not own any of that business. And I think he might have told her that, but that's just a, assumption on my part you know to Stephen Lampley detective at stephenlampley.com that's never good when you find out someone is lying a guy is lying about something so fundamental as where they work and what they do you're right Nancy and everything about this like Cheryl said a while ago it seems to me and it seems to her as well that this whole thing is a lead-in to, quote-unquote, the fiancé's innocence. Now, I'm not saying he's guilty by any means, but, but all of these indicators, like Cheryl said, are, are there. And then, of course, later on, we find out he lawyers up really, really quick. Uh, and then, I, I, yeah, the polygraph, I think there were some issues with the polygraph, some of the questions that uh, indicated he was... Uh, not forthcoming with the truth. Uh, we have a problem there, Nancy. You know, and, and here's the thing. The fiancé has not been named a suspect in this case. We are just following the leads. But I can tell you, to Nancy Cunningham, relative of Rhonda Smith, now missing for years, that doesn't look good. Failing a polygraph, if that is true, lawyering up when your fiancé goes missing no. What do we know about him now, Nancy? Where is he now, or do we even know? I don't know, um, but I can tell you this. The business that his father owned at the time was a smeltering business. Are you familiar with that? Yes. They took x-rays and melted them down and extracted the silver. Uh, where the plant was at, they had uh, the capability of burning a body beyond recognition. That was never searched. None of that was ever looked into. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Gone Cole, the case of a missing dancer disappearing from an upscale mall in Atlanta never seen again, or did she? This case has haunted her mom and dad, Jack and Eileen, since she disappeared. She's absolutely beautiful. I'm talking about Rhonda Smith, who goes missing from Lenox Square, we think, in Atlanta. But now we believe she was never even there, and leaving the truck she was driving there was just a ruse to cover up what really happened to Rhonda Smith. What do we know about security cameras at uh, Lenox Mall 
or at Nautilus, Cheryl McCollum? I know they have them, but I don't know that she was ever spotted on anything. I don't know that anybody ever corroborated her being at Lenox Mall. But, but I have one more question, Nancy, regarding sure. the boyfriend. Was his whereabouts for that 14 hours ever documented by anybody and checked out? I don't believe so. I can't get a hold of anything of substance from APD or Coweta County. Okay. Well, I have one more question. Was the business that they owned open on Sunday? Well, I can't answer that, but I can tell you probably so, because they would start the process of burning something, and it would literally take days to complete. Like it would have to burn hours and hours. I just didn't know if they shut down Friday afternoon and started back up Monday. Yeah, I'm just listening to all of this. And I'm curious, Jack Smith, what do police at Coweta County tell you about her case? Uh, I I know, I feel like the police uh, on both sides, Atlanta and Coweta County, blew it 35 years ago. Uh, It's well known and can be documented that uh, this uh, Sergeant Payne, um, back uh, uh, when, when something was asked about Rhonda and why something was not done about it, oh, well, she's just a, a stripper in a nightclub. And I just always felt in my heart that's, uh, that's the way uh, law enforcement at times, I, I know they worked on it, don't get me wrong, but I just felt in my heart that that's the way they felt about it. And a couple of things, if I can interject also about the... Uh, about the burn, about the uh, smeltering and so forth. Uh, it uh, hasn't been mentioned, but it's uh, known and can be uh, proved. Uh, there's a fellow named Duke Blackburn, which is, I understand, pretty well known in the law enforcement community. Uh, he had cadaver dogs on that property in 2005, and those dogs struck on uh, on the cadaver, on, uh, you know, remains. And uh, Coweta County was told about it, and they didn't even uh, look into it. Uh, uh, another thing that bothers me about Tom, uh, not one time have I even spoke to him. Uh, not, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't a fiancé call a dad and say, hey, I, I, uh, we're doing everything we can to find Rhonda and, uh, you know, express my condolences and, and so forth. Not, I mean, he never even called me, never even reached out to me at one time. Nancy, can I ask the parents one more question? Yeah, and I want to find out about the wine glass and the beer found in the truck, if they were taken That's into evidence. <laughs> Let That's me guess, good. that was your next question, right? Now I'm starting to well, not I believe you. two questions. One, if they've ever had any contact with the person that owned the truck to find out when and where, you know, they let them borrow that. And number two, the beer and the wine. Yep. What about that to Nancy Cunningham? Who owned the truck? And what about the beer bottle and the wine glass? Beer can. The truck was actually owned by Tom's father, the business Atlanta smeltering or something. And I can tell you, I've done some research in that truck. <clears throat> it's still in Coweta County. But to my knowledge, they didn't fingerprint it. They didn't search it. They didn't do anything. And as far as the wine glass and the beer can. Who knows? Uh, APD won't tell us. I don't know if they have it, if they took fingerprints. We don't know anything. With me, Jack Smith, Eileen Cornell, Nancy Cunningham, Winston Skinner, Stephen Lampley, and Cheryl McCollum are trying to put the pieces back together in the disappearance of a gorgeous girl 
21-year-old Rhonda Smith. Nancy Cunningham, you've devoted so much time trying to find Rhonda. What have you learned? Um, I learned that you can't always trust what uh, police tell you, that uh, if they think there's a cover-up, they're just going to keep covering it up. Um, Something else that wasn't brought up in the conversation earlier, excuse me, Eileen made the visit to Rhonda's house to pick up Rhonda's belongings, and Tom's father was in their yard with a backhoe. Stephen Lampley, none of these signs are good because I really believe if Rhonda, then 21, had lived at some point, she would have let her parents, who were so loving and supportive of her, know that she was okay. You're right, Nancy. None of this adds up. The whole, the whole thing, it just... Uh... There's a lot to go on at this point. I don't know what evidence is left, if any, but obviously the cadaver dogs is a good start. Uh, there's more to this, obviously, than, than what she's been told, and there's a lot more needs to be done. This is Jack. May I may I interject one more interesting thing? Oh, yes. A, a concrete slab was poured there after Rhonda went missing. Um you know, it had to do with a dog pen, which was going to, you know, going to be her business uh, that she was going into. I just find it interesting that uh, he would have a concrete slab poured after she went missing. Well, I can tell you this. We're going to be out there with some cadaver dogs as soon as I can get it arranged, Mr. Smith and Miss Cornell and Miss Cunningham. Right on. You can count right on. on that. You can count on that. May I ask you a question? Is Please go ahead. The police reports, I mean, we can go and look at the police reports, but we can't make copies. And the Atlanta police reports, there's two files, probably three or four inches thick. I mean, you can't, the detective did come to Jack and Susan's house and let us, you know, thumb through it. But a lot of it is repeat and all. I mean, it would take days to study it. So you can't really do anything in a couple of hours, you know, really get into this, you know, what they did do. Is it any, and they say that since it's still active, they can't release the report. You know, we just covered a case uh, where Jennifer Kessie's family sued the police department in Orlando and got the files. Cheryl, can you think of any way around that, any way the cops might give that? Or Stephen Lampley, detective, how can we get those cop files? Well, if they're, le- they're going to let her sit down and take a look at it, number one, she can look at the evidence sheet. That's a, I'm going to go from opening that file right there. She can go to the witness list. There's things she can do very quickly that would answer a ton of questions. If you have information about the disappearance of this beautiful young girl, Rhonda Smith, please call 404-546-5602, 404-546-5602. Between Lampley, McCollum, Skinner, Cunningham, Cornell, and Smith, we're not giving up. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.